let's be honest, I don't have a whole lot of experience with being a mother. And uh, we just thought, you know what? Hey, let's, let's see, you know, just have different uh, perspectives. And this year we have a very special guest of Blythe Newsom. But before I introduce her, I did want to tell you guys about three gifts that my mother, my mom, has has given me, and uh, the and I've kind of organized them into actually three proverbs, and I'm just going to run through them really quick. But I was just kind of thinking about this morning because you know we always give gifts to our moms on on Mother's Day, and but really we do that because our moms have given us so much. So uh, I. I kind of just was inspired by 1 Corinthians 13, 13. These three things, or these three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. And really, I look back at my life and and who I am, at least the the good parts of who I am. And and largely, uh, my mom is responsible for those those things. And my mom really uh, had greatly influenced uh, me and giving me the gift of of introducing me to my faith, uh, really taught me about hope. And definitely not only showed me love, but introduced me to love, who is God. And the the first one in faith, you know, she really lived an example of faith. When I think about my mom, I think of a, a woman who who's praying and 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 a and a woman who who really just took and takes great steps of faith. And I was looking through Proverbs and just this idea of faith uh, uh, came to me. Uh, if Proverbs 6, chapter, uh, verse 20. My son, obey your father's commands and don't neglect your mother's instruction. Keep their words always in your heart and tie them around your neck. When you walk, their counsel will lead you. When you sleep, they will protect you. When you wake up, they will advise you for their commands or command is a lamp and their instruction a light. Their corrective discipline is the way of life. And I was thinking about her life uh, as really, uh, you know, just being that lamp and her faith being that light that that really uh showed me the path to faith. I, even though my father led me to the Lord, uh, uh, it was really my, my mother who, who showed me that path, who, who even in my darkest days was, was there and uh, trying to sh- uh, shine as much light as, as she could. The next gift that she gave me was hope. And she gave me hope through imparting uh, wisdom to me. In Proverbs chapter 24, and verse 14, in the same way, wisdom is sweet to your soul. If you find it, you will have a bright future and your hopes will not be cut short. And I, when I wanted to give up and, and really I didn't have any more hope uh, just in myself or, or in, the, in this world, and when I just wanted to throw in the towel, it was my mom who, who, through her wisdom, 
she would she would uh, guide me. Uh, and, and she would just, you know, she would always say just like these, these little things that, that I didn't know it at the time, but were getting buried, you know, deep in my soul for the times that, that I, I needed them. And, and, and some of those that I use right to this very day. You know, she, she one time told me like, Mark, you know, when I uh, was, you know, just like trying to hold on to everything and control everything. And she said, you're, you know, you're holding on to these things that you can't control. And you need to turn your hand and just let go and trust in God. And, you know, just that, that, just that, that symbolism, like sometimes I'll, I'll actually still go through those hand motions where I'm like, something I can't control, I've done all this thing, and I'm just holding on to it so tight. And just as a kind of, uh, an echo of what my mom's wisdom told me, I would all actually say, God, I release it to you. And in that, she gave me this, this, through this wisdom, gave me this gift of hope. The final gift that, that she gave me before I introduce uh, Blythe is love. And she modeled this. She, she modeled this godly love. And in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5 and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. And she modeled this love for me. She, she modeled this, this trust in the Lord. And through doing so, she allowed me to experience a, a much larger love in her love. And I just wanted to, uh, one, just honor my mom on this day by sharing with those, those three gifts that she gave me, faith, hope, and love. And, and maybe, hopefully, kind of uh, just inspire you to think about the gifts that your mom has given you. You know, what, what are those gifts? What are those legacy gifts that, that she, you know, while, while holding you and rocking you to sleep all through, you know, your, your childhood and adolescent years and through your adult years, you know, what, what are those, those, those echoes of your mother that, of these gifts, these eternal gifts that she's imparted to you? So, but today uh, we... We uh, wanted to have uh, Blythe come and share. Blythe uh, has had a very, very different experience uh, from as being a mother, uh, as, as a lot of people. She uh, has actually been, uh, her and her family has been on Super Nanny uh, twice, and she also is a syndicated uh, co- columnist for uh, different newspapers throughout throughout the United States. She actually was introduced to E3 because she uh, had an assignment to write about us and, uh, and, and came here. But she'll, she'll tell her story. And uh, since then, she's been part of our community. Her kids have been part of our community. And uh, uh, we're going to show just a, a short clip of like what the Super Nanny uh, is. And then Blythe will come up, and I know that you guys will uh, welcome her in a great E3 way. So here's the, here's the clip.
Good morning. Happy Mother's Day. It's still so hard to believe that we did that. And let me just point out, um, because I go speak and, and we go away for Mother's Day to speak and they show different clips from the show. But this worked out great that we didn't show any actual clips from the show because since you all are now our church family, I think my children would be mortified. So if you want to see the show, you can Google it. Just Google my name and it'll come up. We did um, shoot the show in 2008. I was a morning show host, and um, we interviewed the Super Nanny one morning, and my co-host said, if you want to do a really great family, do Blythe and our kids. So I didn't go seek them out. Um, My children are well-behaved, but we were doing it for different reasons on loss and moving forward. And then um, in 2010, ABC called us and said, you are America's most memorable family. Can we come back and film the 100th episode? of where you are now. And so we agreed to do that. And my daughter, Lachlan, was so worried that we would show the clip because on national TV, she learned how to drive. And it's mortifying enough to learn how to drive with your mother next to you, but imagine 17 million people watching it. So um, we're not going to show any clips, but I'm so happy to be here. And um, the way we got to, to E3, it's been such a journey. And In motherhood, there are so many unexpected things that happen. Um, Nothing you plan for your children goes as planned. Um, So as moms, we're used to juggling all of these unexpected things. But what happens when the unexpected goes beyond just what as a mother we can handle? And I always felt like God had a path for me, and that was to be a mom. It was never, will I be a mom? If I'll be a mom, it was just when, and, and I am, and I have six beautiful children between the ages of eight and 18, so I have been very, very blessed. Um, growing up, I remember one proverb that we learned, um, trust in the Lord, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not depend on your own understanding. Okay, I can understand that. I did trust in the Lord. I grew up going to the Episcopal Church. My grandfather was the Episcopal Bishop. I understood my relationship with God, and and I thought I understood what he wanted for me. I had that trust. I became a mom. Life was moving forward exactly as I planned. I had it all. The perfect husband, these beautiful, healthy six children, this beautiful house. I was able to stay at home with my children. Okay, God, this was the path that that you wanted me to be on, and I'm doing well on it. Um, A few months after my youngest son, Finn, as in finished having children, um, was born, God decided, or it was his plan, that we should go down a different path, a very different path, and, and one that I was not prepared for. And it would really test my walk with God and my faith. Um, in a matter of, of 18 months, I went through a divorce, lost my home, had a death in the family. The children and I went from this perfect little world to a world we didn't know. This was a new world. So that trust, I'm responsible for protecting these children. So God, why aren't you protecting me? I, I was searching for some kind of understanding. I needed it to be my own understanding. I, um, I was working three jobs trying to keep everybody 
covered, keep a roof over her head, food on the table. It was just so much. But as moms, we will do whatever we have to do. Um, one night I was driving down the street and I had a choice to make. I could either buy milk or I could put gas in the car. Well, of course, I needed to provide that milk for my children. So I ran out of gas on the side of the road. I was so mad at God. You know, why? Why this? And this whole time I'd been really angry at God and questioning why. I mean, is it truly just circumstances that happen in our life? Or are these things that God has placed before us because he has a plan? Because if he has a plan, I was not liking this one at all. But I sat there and I thought, okay, I prayed. I tried to talk to you, God, but I just don't feel like I can get through. And I have this wall. So while I was waiting for someone to bring me gas, I picked up a notebook and started writing in it, just a letter to God. And came to the understanding that I would give it to him. I would really try. That's such a hard thing when your life is so out of control. But I wrote this letter and said, you know, I'm going to give it to you. Like Mark had said, I'm going to kind of let it go. Um, and a police officer came up behind me and said, I'm going to keep my, my lights on to keep you safe until the gas gets here. And I thought, that's what we want. We just want to know God's here. Maybe we don't always feel it. Maybe we question why, but he's still here. But I wrote that night that I'm going to give it to God and, and let it go. And the next morning, I was driving the kids to school, you know, putting everybody off at preschool and elementary school. And we heard some guy on the radio say, my co-host has left. I'll be doing the show by myself. And I thought, well, I can do that. So I dropped the kids off at school and I drove to the radio station and I said, let me try out. I can do this. And they looked at me like I was crazy, but they let me come back the next day. I co co-hosted that day and kind of my audition and I got the job. <laughs> Completely not a path that I thought that God would have ever sent me on, but okay, this door is open. So we're going to run with it. And from there we did the super nanny. We did it again. I started writing that moment in the car was the moment that I started writing. My column became syndicated. It's just been kind of this whirlwind and now we get to go and, and speak places. So things were making sense. Okay, I'm adjusting, I'm adjusting, and, and still real guarded with my faith, but moving forward with it. Um, but that trust and that faith, that is um, that's such a, a scary thing. And one day um, I was getting ready to go speak in Louisiana, and... It was one of these real fast trips where I was going to fly out, fly back in. The kids were going to meet me in Atlanta. We had to go up to a wedding, and it was just this mass chaos. But during the day, I got a phone call um, from the head of the company that I was coming to speak at this benefit for. And they said, we just wanted to let you know that the mayor of the city has proclaimed September 22nd as Blythe Newsome Day. And we're going to present you with a key to the city. Okay, really? You're a, a day? Because I'm the mom that has piles of laundry and that, I mean, but how neat, a day. So I go home that night and I'm, I'm pretty excited. I have a day named after me. And I go into the kitchen and tell everyone I'm home, go into the bathroom. Anybody from a big family will know this. There's never toilet paper, <laughs> ever. I grew up in a big family. 
That was like the ongoing thing. I have four daughters and two sons. We're always short toilet paper. Which is when you learn napkins, paper towels. Well, we were out of the toilet paper, out of napkins, and out of paper towels. I flipped. Really? No one thought to call me? No one? These were my exact words. I had them all come into the dining room, and I said, none of you could call me. There are four girls here. None of you noticed. Nobody called. Nothing. They're all like, no, you know, whatever. And I looked at them, and I said, do you all realize that I have a day named after me? (laughs) And they were like, quiet for a moment. And my son piped up. Well, the only people I know that have days named after them are dead. And I'm very much alive. And my younger son piped up and said, so you're kind of like the Easter bunny. No, no. I'm your mom. We have no toilet paper. And I have a dame named after me. And we are all going to go to the store. And it's going to be family fun time. And we are going to bond. And we're going to walk up and down every single aisle and get everything that we need so that this doesn't happen again. And rarely do I turn into that crazy mom. But this was it. I'm supposed to be special. So we get in the car, and kids are really, really quiet. You know, remember that feeling when you've really upset your mom? So they're, they're very, very quiet, and I, they're kind of working on something in the back. We get out of the car, and because school had just started and Finney was in kindergarten, he had a name tag that he wore, and it had a name tag holder. So we get out of the car, and they're like, Mom, Mom, you know, we're so sorry. And they all gathered around me, and they had taken Finn's necklace with his name, and written something on an index card and put it inside um, the name tag holder. And they put it around my neck and said, we love you, Mom. You are important. And I thought, okay, that's really nice. You know, I love you, Mom, whatever the name tag says. So we go through the store and we get everything. And we go to the checkout line. And the checkout girl kind of looks at me and looks at the tag and goes, "Uh, okay, nice. And I look at it. And on the name tag they had written, I'm a freaking VIP. (laughs) And, you know, looking back, I think that's that's exactly what I I was looking for to feel like in my relationship with God. I wanted to be someone. I wanted to be very important. And I just was lost. and, And this trust and this understanding... I was trying to do it my way, and it really was challenging, so challenging for me. Um, Growing up, going to church every Sunday, I was good, that good girl that that was there. Um, But after all of this, I just, I was too defensive. The whole why thing, I just, why me? Why was all of this happening? It just left me with so many questions. And the irony of all of this is that the Democrat approached me and and asked me to be the faith writer for the faith section of their newspaper. Okay. I thought, this is crazy. I am currently a member of what my grandfather, who was an an Episcopal bishop, he used to call it the birth and death club. It's the churchgoers that show up on Christmas Eve and Easter Sunday. And that's what I had become. I'd show up on the holidays, but the rest of the time... You know what, God? I'm, I'm mad. I don't understand things. I just couldn't find my way to go. We'd say prayers at night. 
the children would be like, God bless Daddy and Mommy and Lachlan and Aiden. And, you know, go through all the kids. And then they start naming everyone that they know. And I would be like, and everyone we know and love and even those we don't. Amen. I mean, I was really struggling with my faith. My daughter, Lachlan, um, had been invited to E3 by a friend. And she came home so alive and so excited. And I looked at her sort of envious because of the excitement that she had while she was developing this faith and the people that she was sharing it with. It was beautiful how every Sunday and Wednesday, she just got so excited. And as I met these children that she was spending time with and that were coming into our home and and bringing so much joy, not just to my daughter, but to all of us. But I still just couldn't find my way. But I thought, this is perfect. I have to write a story. I'll do it on E3 because I need to check out where my daughter's going anyways and check out the people and, you know, everything that I'm hearing about. And what is this coffee shop thing? And, you know, so mm, nice time to have a cup of coffee. I'll, I'll go. And I came here that first day and I had talked to Pastor Mark. I'd done my good reporter interviewing and, and everything. And, and I was really touched. The music, the words. I remember that first day thinking, did they pick these songs out just for me? I mean, it was like a message in all of the songs. And Pastor Mark's words, there was just, I could understand what my daughter was, was getting from this. But leaving that day, I still wasn't sure if I could open up again. Um, a few weeks later, my father, who was my right hand in raising these children, just my everything, um, we found out that he was terminally ill. And um, he and Lachlan, my daughter, would, would talk often about E3. But watching him get sicker, I just, you know what? Okay, God, you gave me the divorce, you know, all the other losses. You know what? I handled them. I came through them. I did it. But this, no way. You can't take a 66-year-old man. You can't take my father. But Lachlan just kept up her faith, and she would share with all of us. And right before my father died um, this past September, he made Lachlan promise him one thing. He said, you know, Lach, my timing with this dying thing is probably going to stink. And you have the big events in Orlando that she was going to with the youth group. And he said, if I die right before you go, or if you're there and I become sicker, and should I die, I do not want you to come home. I want you to go. That means more to me than anything else. He died two days before they left. And we sent Lachlan because that's what my father would want. But it still just left me so angry and just questioning why I didn't have that trust in the Lord. Um, Lachlan did wonderful. She brought my other children into the church. I started to see their life through the church and, and their excitement about what they were learning. And one night when we were doing our fast prayers, Moira, my 12-year-old, said, 
Mom, you're supposed to be our spiritual leader. Won't you please come with us? And I thought, wow, what a great job I'm doing. I'm so mad because this is so unfair. And I'm letting my children down. So I made a promise to her that day that I would come to E3. So I loaded up the kids and I came to church that Sunday. And I sat in the farthest corner in the old building with my arms crossed because there is no way that I can start doing this again and trust and think that there's some, there's some purpose to this path because it's just so, it just hurts. And I remember that day, that Sunday, so clearly because Pastor Mark got up and said that someone very dear to the three family had lost a child a few days before. And I thought, there you go. You see, God, that's, that's why I sit here like this. That's why I don't understand. And I have such trouble with my faith and my understanding because, go ahead, you took dad. That was okay. He had 66 years, but not a baby, not a baby, and much less one that belongs to someone that truly is a child of God. And I was just so angry. And and the music started and everyone started singing. And, you know, I just, oh, I just, I don't know how to do this. And behind me, there was this beautiful voice lifting up every word in true praise. I mean, it was just beautiful. And I couldn't help but but turn around. And when I did, that beautiful voice from the back of the room by me was the voice of Pastor Dan, whose child had just died. And there he was with his arms open and his hands raised up and this faith and trust that I've never seen, that faith and trust that I wanted for myself and my children. And that day changed our life because the way that he believed and the way that all of you all believe and and surround each other, it has truly changed our lives. But that moment was a moment I'll always remember because it was the moment that faith in God came back into our lives. So, I think this Mother's Day, if I could leave one thing to my six children, like your mom had left you words of of advice and wisdom, I would tell my children to seek in the Lord. Look at me. My kids are probably like, Mom, you're crying. But beyond anything that you can believe, I need you all to truly believe that God is going to walk with you hand in hand and just trust in him with all of your heart because even what you don't understand there is a purpose and a reason so thank you all for letting me share and have a very very happy mother's day